Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fired Up, the hottest sports show in Central Ohio. The show where four sports fans talk sports for the fans. Our topics for this evening are the match. What a disappointment. Recapping Kepka versus DeChambeau. Tiger, no longer a full-time golfer. What's next for the legend? Some major hires in college football. Who's a good hire and who is not? The Buckeyes bounced from the playoff race. The Fire Brigade recaps last week's games and gives you their predictions for Week 14's biggest games. With that, I give you our chief of our Fire Brigade, Rob Cal. Thanks, Colton. Good to be here in the studio on a Wednesday night. Uh, we're looking forward, man. It's a exciting time in sports right now, championship week in, in uh, college football. But uh, before we get into that, like Colton said, we're gonna we're gonna talk about the match, uh, Kepka versus DeChambeau. And to me, I'm calling it the match that wasn't. Right. Um, you know, we all kind of talked about him only playing 12 holes and uh, Kepka didn't even need that. He right. only needed nine. So right. he started out, you know, they have the first hole and then he won two, five, six, and eight to go up by four um, with, with only four holes left. And, w- and then when uh, Bryson couldn't birdie, get his birdie putt on nine, uh, it was over after nine holes. So, and, uh, and then DeChambeau never did win up when it went in a hole, even though, you know, they went ahead and played it out or whatever, but, I, you know, I watched some of it. Colton, I know you watched all of it. Mm-hmm. To me, I don't know. It, it wasn't as fun as the what they've been in the past. I think having the amateur golfer in there, um, you know, it being a twosome mm-hmm. uh, was a little bit more exciting for me to watch. It was a little more banter. Um, and I don't know if it's because of the alleged bad blood between these two that there wasn't that kind of back and forth, um, you know. But uh, give me your guys' thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, definitely wasn't maybe what the typical, you know, or, or maybe not typical, but kind of outside person that doesn't really follow golf would have been, you know, looking for type deal. Um, and even a person that does follow golf, it really wasn't great golf to watch anyways, even though, you know, Kepka you know, pretty much dominated. He didn't dominate. It's really about, you know, DeChambeau really didn't play. He that played that bad. That, that great, you know, but, but Kepka you know, did just enough to, to win some of those holes. He, he didn't play, you know, phenomenal himself either. It, it was, it was one of those things, like if you could combine both of them, they would have had a phenomenal round because DeChambeau off the tee was, was great. He was, you know, really hitting it, you know, hitting it far and, and, and in the fairway where Kepka was, was struggling off, off the tee. And then, you know, after that, it, it was all Kepka, you know, from, you know, the second shot on Kepka was really, you know, putting himself up and, and sinking some putts and things like that. And DeChambeau really struggled at, at kind of the approach and, and, and the putting. So I guess if you could put them both together, they would, they would have been all right. But uh, yeah, it, it, you know, DeChambeau didn't play very good, but Kepka didn't play the greatest either. And um, you know, but the, the person that doesn't really follow golf wouldn't have gotten much value out of it either because there, there really wasn't a lot of, you know, the trash talking going both, you know, back and forth, um, you know, other than at the very the very beginning, uh, you know, DeChambeau passed out you know some cupcakes at the very beginning that had DeChambeau's face face on them and 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 passed them out to the crowd and then you know made made a joke that that Kepka could have one if there were any any left over. <laughs> um, but after that, you know, DeChambeau there there was no reason for him to you know trash talk. He he was down pretty much the whole the whole it's match. Tough, so tough to trash talk when you're getting whooped. Right. But, uh, but I did read that there was some friendly banter in there though where. 
uh, DeChambeau said something like, man, you haven't been golfing like this all year. Now, now you show up. What is this, your major? And right, then, right. Kapka kind of said, yeah, this kind of is my major, beating you. So. Well, and he, and I, I, Kapka said that at the end. He said, I really did want to whoop your butt. Yeah. Right, so right. He did say that. I don't know. It just, to me, it just it, wasn't. It all felt kind of forced, though. I, yeah. I, I feel like this has been made up from the start. And the only short of these two coming to blows at this thing, it was never. Yeah. this was never going to live up to the hype. Right, well, yeah. I, 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 I like I said I like the other format better where they, they where they're paired up with a uh, with an amateur golfer from you know some other part of the sports world. I think it just gives you a little bit more. You get to see some personalities, and there is that mm-hmm. there is that. And I just don't think that like Mickelson and Barkley really wanted to, you know, get anything started. I don't I don't know. Just to me, it just like Matt said, it was just all kind of forced. And you know, to me, I was kind of disappointed. I thought it would be a lot more entertaining. Yeah, I think uh, you know at the same time with with the other format where you kind of add in some some amateur golf, you get to see them in a different element than right. what you're. You know, obviously you got the pro golfers. They're used to golfing. You're used to seeing them on the golf course. And and yeah, while it's at the same time, you know, for charity and a little bit, you know, relaxed and things like that, it's still they're playing the game that they're the best at. Right. That they you know are known for right um where you know when you have those kind of amateurs you know while those amateurs are pretty good you know scratch golfers and things like that um you get to see them in a different element than what you're used to seeing them in so i think that kind of adds to adds to the dynamic when when you have that format but you know we'll we'll see you know what what the next you know match is going forward um you know i i don't know what what they have you know in store you know going forward or you know who the next one is on their on their card but you know this is definitely something that i hope that they continue to do um they just you know gotta find the next lineup that, that's really gonna draw draw people back back in or mm-hmm. whatever so yeah, we'll, I agree. We'll, we'll, we'll see what what happens so yeah. all right <clears throat> well in other golf news tiger had his first press conference since uh you know his horrific car accident um he's been out of the news other than maybe some pictures of him hitting a golf ball here and there lately but uh he, he did a presser the other day and, um, you know, he admitted, he said, he said, really, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful I'm alive and, and have all my limbs. I guess it was kind of touch and go whether or not he was going to lose that right leg or not. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, and, and he's saying he's, he's probably never going to be a uh, full-time golfer on the tour again. Just, um, he said, this injury is giving him more trouble coming back from him than the, uh, his back and his knee previous. So, uh, I don't know. What's your guys' thoughts on Tiger Woods? It's going to be an interesting dynamic. I think he said he's going to try to maybe go two to three tournaments a year that he's really going to look forward to, practice for, rehab for, build up to. You know, right now he's got 82 career wins. He's tied for most all-time with Sam Snead. Um, And then he's also got 15 majors, which makes him second to Jack Nicklaus at 18. It's going to be tough for him as a part-timer to get there because if you're not in that groove, you're not consistent, it's going to be tough to win those tournaments. I think he can be, I think he can still be near the top because he's just that good of a golfer, but it's going to be really tough for him to win some of these tournaments without mm. constantly playing and really getting into it. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, he, he mentioned, you know, a, a golf, you know, golf great in, in Ben Hogan, which, you know, ironically I was reading some stuff. The, the same thing happened, happened to Ben Hogan in his career. Uh, he got in a car accident with him and his wife, um, you know, coming back from a, from a tournament and uh, you know, got, you know, got in an accident and, you know, almost the same thing. He didn't know, he, he wasn't sure if he was going to be able to make it back to the sport and be able to play, you know, competitive golf again. And he had to do, you know, a very similar thing where he only, you know, practiced for so many majors or, you know, single tournaments to try to, you know, be his best at those particular tournaments. But, 
the, the thing you have to look at in that is that, you know, when this happened to, to Hogan, he was in his kind of 30, early thirties, yeah, mid thirties, quite a bit younger when, when this happened. And, and Tiger's, you know, mid forties now, almost, you know, on right. his way, you know, to 50. Um, and, and so it's a little bit later in, in Tiger's career to, you know, to maybe make a, a full recovery or, or try to be as competitive as maybe Ben Hogan was in those same circumstances. But, you know, I think, yeah, it's definitely going to be, you know, different, a different atmosphere. And, I don't think the golf world, you know, is, is was quite ready to to hear to hear that. So it's definitely going to be interesting to see how the PGA, you know, reacts to that because there's, you know, there's no doubt when when Tiger is on that course, whether he's healthy, not healthy, you know, whatever, he he, he makes an impact. It's and, good and, for ratings. Yeah, it's good for golf. And, and so I think, you know, definitely the PGA has, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, trying to figure out well, what do, how do we go go from here to make. Keep golf, promoting, you know, keep, keep golf going, kind of thing. So, well, well, what's good for Tiger is though, uh, most of these tournaments have an exemption for somebody who's won previously. So mm-hmm. he's won pretty much every tournament there is. Right. So he's not going to have to play his way into these things. Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's good for him to be able to really pick and choose what he wants. He can he can play courses that really fit his style. Right. And he can keep himself relevant that way, and mm-hmm. I, I think that'll be good for him. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I hope you know, you know, he, this is only you know a few months out, and. You know, he spent three months in a hospital bed and what that does to your body. I don't know if you're aware, you know, you lose that muscle mass and, mm-hmm. you know, you got to build that back. So I'm hoping he's maybe selling himself a little bit short. Right. You know, he's still early into his rehab and I hope that, you know, he gives it some time and, you know, builds that muscle back up, builds his strength back up, builds his stamina back up and, you know, and he can actually do more later down the road and what he actually thinks he's going to be able to right now. So, yeah, I think, you know, you also have to add in, you know, not only did he have this, you know, crazy car accident, but that's on top of the multiple back surgeries he's had the, the, the knee surgeries, you know, and, and so he's, he was already kind of a, you know, a bionic man before all of this happened. And now you add this, you know, crazy car accident that, you know, left him in, in pretty bad shape. And, yeah, it's definitely the the road to recovery is not, you know, not an easy one and not, you know, happens overnight kind of deal. So we'll see, you know, what what happens. But I, I kind of find it found it interesting, you know, dad hinted at it at him hitting golf balls here recently. And it was it was funny. Vegas already took notice of that. Yeah, they they, they'd be in the, the they, they, put, they, up. they put him in the Masters at the sixth highest odds to win <laughs> win the Masters. And the guy, you know, wasn't even sure if he was even going to walk. So and his name's still Tiger Woods. Right. Uh, so you know that 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 you know stuck out to me. But then you know Matt you also referenced you know him him playing courses that he's very familiar with mm-hmm. and, and things like that. And the one that Tiger hinted at and the one that you know jumps out to me is is you know the British Open coming up in, in the summer this upcoming summer at, at St Andrews where He's won two different, you know, two times in his in his career. So definitely a, a course that he's familiar with, and and hopefully has played well, you know, at, and yeah. played well at, and that he's yeah very familiar with. And hopefully by that time he, you know, I, like I said, I don't know what his recovery time is. You know, obviously it's not something that's going to be just a short a short stint. Um, but hopefully he can you know be able to to get back to at least play play that one since mm-hmm. it is a course that he has played well at and that he's very, you know, familiar yeah, with. Yeah, be- best wishes to Tiger Woods. So, yeah. uh, Before we go on and get into the NCAA, we're going to take a quick pause for a commercial break. This podcast is sponsored by Podbean. Podbean is the easiest way to create your own podcast. We use Podbean to host Fired Up. Download the free Podbean podcast app to start, record, and publish your very own podcast in minutes. Podbean provides everything you need to run your podcast, 
and you can record and publish episodes directly from the app on your phone. Download the free Podbean app today. That's P-O-D-B-E-A-N. Head on over to Podbean at www.podbean.com and use the code PODCAST21 for your first 30 days of podcast hosting for free. Check it out. And we're back live in the studio. All right. We're going to get into some NCAA football. I pretty much that's going to take up the rest of our show because, man, there's a lot going on. First, we're going to start with the coaching carousel. Um, I'm going to throw some numbers at you that you may not realize. There's already been 10 coaching changes in the Power Five, mm. which is unheard of. <clears throat> and since the beginning of the season, there's been 23 coaching changes. Wow. And we're not even through the season yet, fellas. Right. Yeah, you know there's going to be after championship weekend, and after the playoffs, there's going to be more guys moving, more guys losing their jobs. There was only 18 total moves all of last year. Well, because that doesn't also include, you know, what happens in the NFL. Some of these guys, you right. know, may be making the jump to the NFL or, you know, coaches yeah. that get fired in the NFL making the jump back, back to college. college. So, yeah, we still got, you know, a lot of time. And that, those are some yeah, yeah, so crazy numbers to start right. with. Well, let's start out, I think, you know, the one that I think caught caught everybody by surprise was Lincoln Riley leaving uh, Oklahoma for Cali. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, tell me, you know, Clay Helton was fired back in week two from USC. Um, so they've been without a coach the whole season and uh, Clay wound up uh, in Georgia Southern, but he was 46 and 24 at USC. I don't know why they thought they needed to make a change after week two. I mean, that's mm-hmm. really not giving a guy much of a chance, but um, maybe they saw the writing on the wall, handwriting on the wall. I don't know, but uh, tell me what you guys think about uh, Lincoln Riley going going out west. Yeah, Matt, what what do you think? Uh, it, it's it's interesting. I I just I I don't I think it's kind of a step backwards for him. He's going from a program he built up or at least helped build up after Bob Stoops in Oklahoma to one of the dominant programs in the country. They've been in the playoffs how many times since that system started? Three, three, three out of playoffs, four or five, five years. or whatever. Yeah, been yeah, to, been to a championship. Years. I mean. I don't know what more can you ask now you got to rebuild USC because they've kind of fallen off the map from what they used to be yeah four big four big 12 championships in five years he's 55 and 10 mm-hmm. um, you know and he made that program his like like Matt mentioned you know that was it was Bob Stoops before that Oklahoma Bob Stoops and then Lincoln Raleigh came in and you know in five years he made that program his I I, I'm just as a, as a young guy, you know, in, yeah. in his you know late 30s or whatever, he you know really took the took the bull by the horns there. And, and you really thought because he was kind of the coach in waiting when Bob Stoops went out, you know, you thought he'd be there kind of forever, and it just right. it really caught me by surprise seeing him go. I, I mean, some of the terms we're hearing for his contract, I guess it'd be hard to pass up, but it, we don't know if it's really true or not. USC doesn't have to post because it's not a, a state school, mm-hmm. uh, private, private school. school. So, but, but what, what, what uh, people have been reporting is it's a 10 year, $110 million contract. Uh, USC is also supposed to be purchasing both his homes in Oklahoma. I'm hearing reports that that may not be true. Um, and then USC was supposed to be buying him a house in California and giving 24 seven access to the USC's private jet. So, I mean, that, that is pretty, uh, Pretty lucrative pretty, deal. Pretty lucrative deal to, that, to go. But I, I think Oklahoma probably could have matched it if, yeah, that's if they really wanted And they to. probably would have, but right. they, that was my understanding. He didn't even give him a chance to counter. Yeah. I just find it, yeah, very hard to believe. As, as big of, you know, a football school as Oklahoma has been and the rich tradition that Oklahoma football has that – you know, there, there's several donors out there that, you know, would have forked over the money or, right. you know, would have would have done what it would have taken if they, if they truly believed that, that Lincoln Riley was the future. And then, and, you know, to my knowledge, 
nobody had any doubts that that was that was the case. So to me, I, I just find it very hard to believe that the benefits he's getting at USC, he didn't already have at Oklahoma or mm. or couldn't get at, by staying at Oklahoma. I mean, like even Oklahoma, that's probably one of the more fertile hotbeds for high school athletes mm-hmm. in football. I mean, you got that Oklahoma, Texas, right? All those athletes there. I mean, California's got their fair share, but. I feel like it's got to be harder to recruit out there than, than that, that corridor there in the Oklahoma, Texas. Right, and kind of the Midwest there. Yeah. So um, if we want to get into this, where, where's OU go from here? Where's Oklahoma go from here with a, with a coach? I mean, yeah. they uh, they talk Bob Stoops into coming in and coaching the, the you know their championship game this weekend. And, um, and the bowl and the bowl game, whatever and, bowl game. Yeah, and whatever bowl game they go to, and they – you know, they said, "Oh, we've already asked him to stay on, and he's already he's already turned that down, supposedly." So, mm-hmm. uh, to me, that would have been the most likely mm-hmm. of of fill, f- fillers there. You know, if he agreed to coach the championship game and the bowl game, it's like, oh, that's a done deal. But evidently, Bob's already turned him down. Well, so I, I heard they were talking about maybe hiring his brother, but he just signed a big extension there to stay in Kentucky for a while. So I don't even know if that's going to be an option now. <laughs> right, right. It, it's it's kind of hard to see where they may go next because they're going into the unknown. They're, they're making a change to a conference in the sec. That's right now looked at as the toughest conference in college football. They they're losing a bunch of recruits. So, I mean, you, you, this program may be getting set back for years from this coaching. Mm-hmm. It could be a it tough recovery. Tough. Yeah. Like you said, not only losing, losing this big time coach, young coach that could have been there for years and years. And then, like Matt said, stepping over into the SEC, you know, wow, it's a lot of big changes. And, it, you know, the competition over there in the SEC doesn't get any easier. Right, right. And I think, um, you know, yeah, definitely definitely going to be interesting. Yeah, like you said, move, making the jump to the SEC, maybe Oklahoma might be regretting that decision a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I'm hearing rumors. You know, I, I think you guys might find this this kind of interesting. And, you know, he's denied all the, all the reports and whatnot. But, uh, you know, a rumor that was flying around is that uh, current Arizona Cardinals uh, coach Cliff Kingsbury Ooh, could could be you know the next one. the next coach at, at, at OU and like I said he's he's come out and said that you know why would you know why would I be taking the step back to, right. to college mm-hmm. kind of deal and he's you got know, one of the better young teams in the right. NFL right he, he's now. had you know right. some decent success there with with Arizona so far you know he's turned it around pretty quickly there in Arizona mm-hmm. and, and has yeah a young core there so I, I don't know I mean obviously he's come out and said yeah, I'm not not very not not interested or whatever. Obviously, Lincoln Riley said the same thing. I'm I'm not interested in the LSU job, but you know, here we are a few right. days later, and he's off yeah, the within USC. 24 <laughs> hours. He was leaving for Cal. Right. So I mean, things things change, obviously, but you know that that's kind of a a rumor that I'm that I'm hearing. And, you know, like you said, Clay Helton was fired in week two. It makes you wonder how long this has really been in the works as quickly yeah. as this all came together. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah, it, I don't yeah. Know. Well, and you know, one. Uh, one other coaching change that you heard here first last week on Fired Up Sports was uh, young man Billy Napier from Louisiana Raging Cajuns got hired to replace Dan Mullen in Florida. Um, you know, we called it here. That was that was kind of our pick for for Florida to get him. You know, in four years he went thirty nine and twelve. Um, but he, you know, he's stepping into the big leagues now. So, mm-hmm. well, and I wish him the best. Um, you know, Florida's has struggled here in recent times. You know, they they were a powerhouse way back when, but, you know, they've struggled to compete in the SEC. Right. I think, um, you know, we talked about it last week when, when we talked about, you know, Dan Mullen, you know, getting fired from, from Florida and things like that, that I think Florida's looking for consistency at, at, at this point, you know, Dan Mullen had a couple of, you know, good seasons and then it, you know, all fell off the wagon. So 
I think, you know, Napier has had, you know, a lot of success there, there at Louisiana and consistency. I mean, three out of the four seasons he was there, they won 10 or more games. Yeah. And, and, it, and it's kind of crazy because prior to that, Louisiana hadn't had a 10-win year in their program's history. Wow. So, and then he did it in, you know, three different times. Yeah, that's three impressive. Times. So, that's impressive. Yeah, you know, they're, they're definitely getting a, a hard they're in, fought. They're man. in the Sun Belt. Right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Sun Belt yeah. Conference. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, he's, he's a heck of a recruiter. Um, that's that's kind of what he's known for, you know, being a, a real hard-nosed kind of recruiter. Well, that's what I was going to point out. Lately, Florida's recruiting has kind of gone down. A lot of these Florida athletes have been leaving the state. Yeah. If, if he can put if he can put a wall up around Florida mm-hmm. and bring that talent back into Florida, they, they can build that program right back up pretty quickly. Right, right. Like I said, like the, the hotbed in Oklahoma, Texas, it's just as hot down there in Florida. Too, right, or, right. Um, and, and he's not really competing against, you know, schools that are really playing well in that Florida, you know, Florida State's, you know, kind of a down year. Right. Miami, Miami's, Miami's down. down, you know, so he's not he's not having to come in and, and compete with a lot of those, you know, obviously they're big schools and well known for their football, but they're not, you know, at the peak of their, you know, thing, you know, they're they're kind of football uh mountain either. So he doesn't have to really come in and, and set the world on fire to right. really convince these guys to, hey, come come to Florida, be it be a gator type deal. Um and, and another, you know, I think uh, you know, Caleb hinted at it last week when we were kind of talking about him. He's also been a coach under, you know, Dabo Sweeney at Clemson and, mm-hmm. and a coach under Nick Saban at Alabama. Yeah. So Quite he's learned from, from two of the, the greatest, you know, coaches at, at this moment, you know, in college football, you know, two of the two of the greats there. And so he has a, a decent pedigree and, and, and things like that. So hopefully he can he can get it done there there in Florida and, and you know, not be overwhelmed by by the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I haven't really. I didn't really read too much who Louisiana's looking at as far as a replacement. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'd be a good place for a young coach to go, maybe leaving a program where he's a offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, get some head coaching experience, taking over a good team. So, yeah, we'll, we'll look to see what happens there. Um, I guess another surprise for the week, I didn't see this one coming either, especially right now, um, was Brian Kelly exits Notre Dame, heading for LSU. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a – this was a head scratcher for me as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think this one was the biggest, biggest kind of head scratcher for me and not from LSU's perspective, but from Brian Kelly's perspective. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, he, he almost had it, had it made there in, yeah. in Notre Dame. Yeah, he doesn't have to play a conference championship every right. year. Winning in, winning yeah. against coach in their history. Right. right. Um, and, and he's had a team in the playoffs two of the last three years. That right. Was, I mean, made a, made a championship appearance. Right. They got, they got smoked, but they, right. They made an appearance yeah, you're uh, right there. And, yeah. and, and here's the thing. They're 11 and one. They, they still, still got a chance right. to get in this, this year. Right. right. Yeah. I, I just, yeah, it doesn't make, make much sense for for me um you know and, and at the same time you know he's going to the sec and we, we've talked about it you know there, there's only a handful of coaches that, that run that sec right now and i i looked up the stats and uh he's oh and one against nick saban mm-hmm. he's oh and two against kirby smart and he's oh and two against jimbo fisher and those those are the three you know biggest coaches well, in the sec I'll give, I'll give you one more stat yeah he's he's one and eight against teams in the top 10 yeah so i mean it, it, he's definitely not you know He's going into, you know, uh, probably a good situation and walking into, you know, who knows what in LSU because, you know, at the same time, their their season was not, you know, not good. They, you know, I don't know what their recruiting looks like. He's coming in at the tail end of this season, so he's really going to have to, you know, jump Ramp in and, and, and try to, you know, really maybe steal some recruits from the, that he had going to Notre Dame to come to LSU, mm-hmm. but you, you just don't know because, you know, Notre Dame could be hiring a, a big-time coach that, you know, 
maybe could keep some of those guys, you know, those recruits to stay at Notre Dame. So I I just think this situation, yeah, I mean, obviously money talks and he's thinking, you know, he gets 10 years, 95 million. Um, But yeah, just from kind of a logistics standpoint, I I just don't really understand it from from his perspective, why you want to walk into kind of the hotbed of, of college football. Now they do, they do say LSU kind of recruits itself because it's, they say it's the one state that these high school kids, if if they've played high school football in Louisiana, mm-hmm. they want to play for LSU. Like okay. you, if you want them, they're there. Well, that's, that's interesting. You mentioned that Matt, because I read a stat that L that Louisiana has more five-star players mm-hmm. per capita than any other state in the United States. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there is a lot of talent. Right like you said, right there in that state. So recruiting might be a little bit easier for him there. Maybe that's what he's looking at. Yeah. I I Um, think at the same time though, you know, you look at Notre Dame and it's like, because they don't play in a conference. I mean, they don't, they, they, they can kind of recruit everywhere type deal. You know, they, they don't have to necessarily focus in on one particular place. Everybody, you know, kind of knows that Notre Dame name and, Mm -hmm. and things like that. So they, they can go to different places and, and, and they're, you know, in a decent spot to, to get a guy. But I guess, you know, if, if there is that much talent in just Louisiana and if he can capture that, maybe he can have, have success there. I just, you know, based on prior history, it, it doesn't look like a good situation. Well, and I'll tell you, give you, go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. It's funny because the last few coaches who, who have ended up in that job, haven't lasted long, but they've all taken home a national championship. I, that's what I was just getting ready to bring up. And, Coach, and that's the Coach, only thing Brian Coach Kelly o, has not done. Right. Coach O had one, Les Miles before that, and Nick, Nick Saban, Saban before that. So right. they're expecting their coaches to come in and, and do something with that program. And, and to keep it keep it going because, you know, like we said, Coach O, you know, he's two years removed right. from winning gone. the national championship. Now he's he's on, you know, out on the unemployment line. So it's not, you know, just win a national championship, you're good kind right. of deal. Like you got to keep it, you yeah. got to keep it somewhat competitive Right. years after that too so yeah. and i uh, just yeah it's a head scratcher for, for me so so let's get into this uh, who's who's next where does notre dame go from here so a lot of things i'm hearing is they they're they may either they may really be thinking about staying within right now okay. they're looking at their defensive coordinator who mm. is a, I'm a just big on fan an interim of. just to get him through the no they're, they're actually talking they okay. may give him the I'll job they, they want to get a little younger um okay and and they really like uh freeman their defensive coordinator yeah, Mark freeman yep. yeah mm-hmm. and you know, I, I would love that being a Buckeye fan, seeing him succeed like that. I selfishly don't want him to get the job because I'd love to have him in Columbus being our <laughs> defensive coordinator. But, uh, right. you know, if, if that happens, that'd be great. The other name I'm hearing is obviously Luke Fickle, who is denying, denying, denying right now because he's got bigger fish to fry right now at this right. point. But I, I don't know. To me, Luke Fickle's a guy. He's not leaving Cincinnati unless it's OSU, well, in, my, in my mind. So the big thing with Fickle, though, that has a big tie here is – you know, Notre Dame's a Catholic school. Uh, Fickle went to a Catholic high school. He is Catholic himself. Okay. So I, they say, and that's really why they, that's why they're going hard after him because they, they they said they want to get back to their Catholic roots and okay. and all that. All so right. that's why they're really going after him hard. So okay, it, I, I think that would be a tough tough job for him to turn down. Other than Ohio State, I think that would be one B for him as somewhere okay. he'd like to be. All right, be. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we talked about last week. Um, you know, Franklin and Penn State getting his 10-year deal and Mel Tucker and Michigan State. So, you know, that kind of takes a couple coaches out of the mix as far as filling those spots. You got Dan Mullen that's still out there, you know, mm-hmm. who who had good numbers in Florida right. and really everywhere he's been. What, Vanderbilt before that, I think? About Mississippi State. Mississippi State. Yeah. Um, you know, so he, he's there. Uh, you know, we talked about Luke Fickle. Ogeron said he's t- at least taking one year off, right. um, and and I and I gotta believe him. I, I take him at his word for that. 
you know, of course, we've all heard the Urban Meyer thing. Who well, again, and he came out and said he absolutely has no interest in coming back to college. Right. I, I don't know. He's he said some things in the past and yeah, done the can, can, you really take, so can you take his? I, I don't know. It's, right. it's, it's well, tough to believe. Well, right. and going to that, you know, uh, Urban is a Catholic yeah. as well, raised in the Catholic Church. So right, you know, he, there's that. There's that it's documented that that's a program he would love to coach for. Oh, he, yeah. he said it himself. Dream job times. is, is yeah. the exact quotes right. that he he said. Yeah. Is, is, and it's, it's been nothing but a nightmare so far in Jacksonville. Right. So right, right. You know, I don't know. We you know. Now, you know, and there's some other names I've heard floating around. Uh, they said that, you know, Brady Hoke might be ready to come back. You know, and now he's ready to take over a big-time program. I don't think he was when, you know, when he coached in Michigan, but you look what he's done with the Aztecs out there at, at San Diego State. You know, they're ranked 19th, 11-1. and one, um, in the mountain, They're in the Mountain West Championship game this weekend. So mm-hmm. I heard his name bannered about as well. And then – you always got, like we said, the, the these offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators from these big time programs that mm-hmm. you don't really hear their names aren't in the news until they get that big job. The, right. the, the funny thing is, the last three times Notre Dame's gone that route, it hasn't worked out. They've mm-hmm. been there less than five years and right, have right, been right. out the door. Right. So right. I, I feel like they're they're less likely to go that route unless they're already in house. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah All right. Absolutely. Um. I, is that? I mean. Like we said, there's so many changes. We could spend hours, I think, probably talking about coaching changes, but we got a lot more stuff to cover. I know, Colton, you got one more thing you want to add? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, just the other kind of big move or big kind of hire was, uh, you know, Sonny, Sonny Dykes oh, there, yeah. there yeah. in TCU. TCU. Yeah. Um, you know, that was, you know, not TCU, not a not a huge program or not, you know, well known for, for its football, but, you know, has been kind of a staple in college football the last, you know, several years. You know, Gary Patterson, who's been there, was I think 21 years as the head coach, but 24 years as, you know, in the TCU program. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they let him go and now they're, you know, starting over and, and, and starting a new regime with, with, with Sonny Dykes, who, you know, was the former SMU, mm-hmm. SMU coach. And, uh, you know, he had a 30 and 17 record there at, at, at SMU. And, um, you know, he led them in 2019 to a 10 and two, you know, win season, their first 10 win season since 1984. So he, he's definitely, you know, turned that, turn that program around and you know ironically he also you know was a offensive uh kind of consultant or analyst for for gary patterson back in 2017 so it's kind of interesting that they go this go this route because Mm -hmm. if it's you know somebody kind of out of that coaching tree or Mm -hmm. whatever if if you're trying to fully move on from like the gary patterson era let's say why do you bring in somebody that that, that's somewhat you know part of the familiar with the the program or how that kind of goes (laughs) I mean, I don't expect it to be the exact same. You know, Sonny Dykes obviously going to run the program his his way or whatever. But just kind of a, an interesting note to 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 pull up there. But uh, you know, uh, Dykes has had you know a very you know a good a good position there recruiting out of the Dallas Fort Worth area, which mm-hmm. is you know pretty pretty close to to SMU, but you know super close to TCU, mm-hmm. only about forty miles away from from campus. So. If he, you know, he's at a little bit bigger program now, so maybe he can recruit a little bit top, you know, more top level talent there to TCU Mm -hmm. in that, in that area. So be interesting to see how, how that, how that goes, you know, for, for them. So so many others, you know, with Virginia Tech picked up, you know, signed their coach. I mean, there's just so much going on. Um, The the Michigan connection for you guys, uh, Don Brown actually got a head coaching job there at UMass. UMass. I think back at UMass because he used to be the the head coach there, there in UMass. So, All right. Well, real quick, we're going to get, you know, go th- through our uh, games from last week. Um, the Red Hawks 
unfortunately for Colton, that's his alma mater. He lost to Matt's alma mater <laughs> right. in overtime. Yeah. Uh, close game there. Uh, and then Alabama had to go to four overtimes to beat Auburn. Didn't Who saw that, that coming? coming. No. Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, what a, what a disappointment. I mean, for Auburn, I mean, you know, Auburn just stopped playing in that fourth quarter, though. They were. They were coming after him, coming after him all game long. Then they got loose in the fourth quarter, let him go right down the field. Yeah. I hate when teams do that. Do yeah. what got you to that yeah, point. Yeah, keep Just playing keep your playing. game. I, I yeah. think at that point, though, the, the problem was is that they, they put their they put their quarterback out there, and I don't know if you guys watched the game, but he, he was out there limping. He mm. couldn't even he couldn't oh, even walk. Right. I mean, so and, and he's a backup. Yeah, and, and what so what good does he do you right. in, in any aspect of the game? The yeah. guy can barely walk. He's not going to be able to scramble if he has to get out of the pocket. He's not going to be able to set his feet to make a, you know, a real good throw. And, you know, if he's limping, he can barely hand the ball off. Right. So, it, it, you know, they, I think it just – I don't know what Auburn was was thinking. I mean, did they really not have somebody else that they couldn't just, you know, throw out there to at least, I think, give themselves just to manage a, the game. a little bit better yeah. chance, I guess. Um, you know, so that – yeah, for me, it was just – yeah, the, the offense for, for – you know, I, I think the defense for Alabama – Saved them in this right. game. I mean, if it wasn't for them, yeah, I think yeah, Alabama's walking away with with another loss because on a, on a night where Alabama's offense pretty much struggled mm -hmm. all night, their mm -hmm. defense was at the top of their game to keep them in that game to give right, their offense right. just enough to to win the game for mm -hmm. them. So, um, but yeah, Auburn just yeah looked dysfunctional in that kind of the second half, and then you know in in the overtime. So. Right. And then uh, Oklahoma State got their win over OU. Um, they had a rally late as well. Um, barely pulled it off, 37-33. The Ducks took care of business against the Beavers. Um, and then the game. Mm -hmm. The game. Yeah, the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, it uh... – doesn't get any better better for you know us on the show that are that are Michigan fans. Right. I mean, Doesn't get any worse for the, those of you that are on the <laughs> on the staff here that are OSU fans. But you know it was it was a, it was an entertaining game to watch. It yeah. was fun to watch. You know you saw some you saw some premier athletes that are going to be playing on Sundays on, on both teams on both teams. Yeah. Absolutely, I, I definitely um, can't fault that Buckeye offense. I mean, Stroud threw for almost four hundred yeah. yards, a couple of touchdowns. That defense is just a huge letdown for the Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. That, yeah he'd look good. I don't think. To me, he didn't hurt his Heisman chances uh -huh. at all. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think he's still probably the premier court to me, the best quarterback in the league this year. Mm -hmm. um, but, yeah, the, the defense had a letdown. You know, they let Michigan run the ball. Almost 300 uh, yards almost rushing. Almost 300 yards of rushing. And, you know, our passing game was just good enough to keep it keep it loose. So, um, you know, it, it was – it was I think, you know, it was 42-27. But I think it was to closer me, than that. It though. was a closer yeah. game to me than that. So, mm -hmm. like I said, fun to watch for me especially um but uh so well anyway we'll move on we won't make matt suffer too much longer <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed it yeah. i've had eight years i can take one yeah i guess as I long guess. as we turn it back around <laughs> right <laughs> as we don't go eight years the other yeah, way right right Absolutely. all right well let's get in you know uh so i went four and one this week and this is that'd be the end of the regular season i guess so to speak so yeah, Colton, um, Colton was the same four and one. I was three and two. So you guys yeah. are up one game on me going into yeah, the so championship this, weekend. Yeah. yeah. So, so me and Colton split the regular season championship. Now we're going into now we're going into uh, championship weekend this weekend. We got six games on the slate. Mm -hmm. uh, first off, I what I got in my notes here is um uh, a game on Friday night. Actually, you get to see some get to see some championship football a day early, and that's Oregon. Number ten Oregon at ten and two against never number seventeen Utah at nine and three. 
That's Saturday night or Friday night. I'm sorry, playing in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And um, you know, these two teams just played. You know, two weeks ago, mm-hmm. and you know, it, it couldn't have been one, more one-sided in, in that one. You know, Utah came out on top, 38 to seven, and they're actually favored in this game as well, a two two and a half point favorite there. So, and like Dad said, this is a neutral site, so they're not getting points. You know, based on being just a home right. team or anything like that. So mm-hmm. interesting. You know, Vegas. Vegas thinks Utah. You know, has has the Ducks number again. Again in this one, and I have to. I have to agree with them. I think you know that defense for for Utah in in this five game win streak that they're that they're on. They're only giving up four point three yards per play, and that's just not. That's not just rushing. That's not passing. That's that's, that's total yards. Wow. They're only giving up five yards per play on this five game winning streak that they have. And, and I think you know if they can really set the tone early. Oregon has to has to run the ball to, to be able to win games. Mm-hmm. If they don't get that running game going, it puts too much pressure on their quarterback. I just don't think that he's up to the task um, to, to get it done. I, I like Utah to, to win it again in this kind of rubber rubber match. So yeah, I'm with you. I mean, these two teams are statistically mirror images of each other, so I got to go with the eye test here. And Utah has been trending upward the last few, few weeks of the season. And and Oregon's kind of been playing blah. They mm-hmm. haven't been as good as they started the season. They're not playing as well as they have been. And no matter what they do, they're not getting in. Right. So, you know, yeah. what do they really how, have? How to motivated play? are their players? Right. Right. Things like what that. Are they, and, you know, uh, uh, offensively, their numbers are almost identical. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Oregon's given up a little bit more in the passing game. Um, uh, and I got to agree with you guys. I like Utah in this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than yeah, the 38-7 blowout. There yeah, two I weeks think ago. yeah, a little bit closer game, obviously. But yeah, I think Utah comes out on top. All right, very good. Um, now on Saturday we have a game at noon, the Big Twelve Championship. This will be at uh, the house that Jerry built in Dallas, AT and T Stadium. Um, number nine Baylor at ten and two against number five Oklahoma State at eleven and one. Oklahoma State is favored by five and a half by in, in on the Vegas odds. Um, Matt, why don't you lead us off here? Yeah, um, I mean, both these teams, they score more than 30 points a game. They both give up less than 20 a game. So these are, these are two uh, very close teams on paper. Their previous matchup was close. Uh, Oklahoma State came out on top, though. I think the difference here, though, is going to be the fact that Baylor's uh, assistant head coach slash linebacker coach uh, is going to be a distraction for this team. He just got a – just got hired as the, the new head coach at Texas Tech. Okay. So I think losing a coach here and, and having that distraction, I think is going to be be enough to hurt Baylor and, and Oklahoma State comes out on top. Yeah. I, I like I like the Cowboys in this as well because um, their D shuts down the run. They're only giving up 91 yards on the ground per game. Um, you know, I like a good a team that plays good defense against the run. Um, and, and Oklahoma State's still playing for something. I mean, they, they still got to – they still got a halfway decent shot of getting in the getting in that slot, one of those top four teams. So I, I will I, say selfishly as a Buckeye, I'm I'm rooting for Baylor to, to sure. kind of move us up yeah. and maybe give us some type of shot here, <laughs> give us some hope. Yeah, no, there, there's 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 a glimmer of hope for you, Matt. But yeah. I like Oklahoma State in this one. I got the Cowboys. Yeah, I don't think uh, this is this is you know the the Vegas may have, may have gotten this one wrong. I think the, the the spread maybe should be a little bit higher in this one because you know not only the the, the distraction that Matt mentioned with the assistant coach, you know, taking a, a different job, but also the, the health status of, of Baylor starting QB is, is up in the air. He, he didn't play last week. Um, you know, everything I'm reading this, this week is still uncertain whether he'll, he'll play. And I think that's a big, a big key, you know, key piece mm-hmm. for, for Baylor's offense. So 
You know, I, I, I even if he plays, you know, what what percentage is he going to be? He's obviously not going to be, I don't think, 100%. So I think with that Oklahoma State defense, I, I think they'll be, you know, be able to key in on that. They'll, they'll get the win, and I think that they'll easily cover cover the spread. <clears throat> All right. Okay, another Saturday afternoon game, 4 o'clock. This is a big one, fellas, SEC championship. You got <laughs> number one, Georgia Bulldogs coming in at 12-0 and against number three, Alabama. Crimson tied at 11 and one um, Vegas likes Georgia by six and a half. Uh, you know, this will be in Atlanta. So, you know, it's it, the Mercedes Benz stadium. Game. Yeah. Right. So a home game basically. Uh, so, you know, I'm looking at this bulldog defense and, they're only giving up seven points a game. <laughs> yeah. Gee, many Christmas. And we were looking at that number earlier in the season. Well, it's still early. Then we were looking at that number midway through the season. Right, uh, right. It's midway. We still got some more SEC. This is the end of the season, and they're yeah. still doing that. Right, this yeah. this defense is for real. Right. And, right. And they and they played for Georgia. Now give me uh, – and this just blew me away. Um, I mean, that seven points a game blew me away. But um, Georgia's played four ranked teams this year, and they've outscored four ranked teams 111 to 26. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's a big part of their defense. But their, their offense is capable as well. They are. Maybe I don't want to move into that number four spot. <laughs> right. I don't think anybody wants right. to play Georgia. And even, you know, games that you kind of look like they were almost sleepwalking through, right. they, they were still blowing teams out. Right. Um, Alabama came, you know, coming in, you know, maybe they got a wake up call last week in Auburn, you know, against Auburn. They've been uh, kind of playing down all season long. They haven't been the Alabama past. Right. So, and, but, and let's be honest, everybody in the country that isn't in Alabama is rooting for Georgia because we're all tired of seeing Alabama. Oh, being I, there, so. and, and, you know, and I, that's how I got this going. I got Georgia winning this game over Alabama and actually knocking Alabama out of the top four. All right, all right. Well, I have to have to agree with you. I think uh, Alabama has, especially the last couple of weeks, has just not – they haven't had a complete game. It's been, you know, their offense has showed up, but their defense hasn't played mm-hmm. well. Or their offense hasn't played well, but their defense hasn't played. And I think in order to really knock off this Georgia team, you are going to have to put together, you know, a, a performance for the ages, and you're going to have to have a complete performance from both sides of the ball. And, right. and I just don't see that right now. The momentum is definitely in, in Georgia's favor. And that offensive line for, for Alabama, in, even in their close wins the last two weeks against Arkansas and, and Auburn, they've allowed 19 tackles for loss and 10 sacks. Wow. And, and you're going up against an elite defense right. in, in mm-hmm. Georgia that, that has, you know, Jordan Davis there, the big man in the middle that, that I mean, he's going to be eating everybody's lunch mm-hmm. there. And yeah. so I, I don't think that, you know, as good as Nick Saban is, is, you know, excellent of a, of a person that, you know, coaches he's been, I don't think he gets prepared in, in a week to, you know, turn everything around right. in, in one week. I, I like Georgia to, to win this game and, and cover that spread. So All right. I'll take us three for three Georgia as well. Wow. What agreeing on everything. Yeah. What's up? All right, another game at 4 o'clock on Saturday, the AAC Championship, American Athletic Conference. Got uh, Ohio's own Cincinnati coming in at 12-0 and 0 and uh, going against Houston. You know, and Cincinnati's ranked, what, they're, they're well, in the latest, in the latest, latest poll, they came in at number four. So, um, you know, they're still in the playoff hunt at this point. Um, coming in against 11-1 and one Houston team, but you look at Houston – their one loss was their very first game of the season, so they're on eleven and zero run. So, mm-hmm. you know this this is a decent Houston team uh, overall. Their stats offensively and defensively defensively are almost identical. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so 
uh, I think one advantage, um, you know, Vegas has given Cincinnati the edge by 10 and a half and they get to play a home game, Nippert stadium. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, which I don't know how they decide that in the AAC. I don't yeah, know. I just I mean, higher ranked. I yeah. Imagine. I guess Is they, that how they do just it. Just imagine, or, you know, whoever the team that has the best record or, you know, whatever gets the home field advantage, um, right. you know, unlike they, and I guess because the AAC is not a big conference, they don't right. get the opportunity to play it's like a big a, stadium, you know, like, okay. a, you know, on that non, makes sense. non, you know, neutral side, I guess. Sure. And I, in this game, I got to give the, I'm going to take the Bearcats cause I like their, their defense. Um, they got a good rushing defense and <coughs> excuse me, the Cougars, they need to pass the ball, but they need to be able to run well enough, I think, to keep that defense um, kind of on their kind of on their toes a little bit, kind of you know defending both sides of it. And I don't see Houston's offense putting together that that complete game mm-hmm. offensively that they need to do to uh, to beat that that Cincinnati defense this week. So yeah. I got the Bearcats. Yeah, I, I agree with you on Cincinnati. They're just they're more battle tested coming into this game. They played a better schedule throughout the season. You know, they, they did beat Notre Dame, who's another top six team in the country. Mm-hmm. So I, I, at, at Notre Dame. At, yeah, at Notre Dame. So, you know, I, I think uh, Cincinnati's for real here, and this is going to be the first time that we're going to see a, a non-group of five team make this playoff. Yeah, All right. yeah absolutely. I in uh, excuse me, in agreement with you guys, I got I got the Bearcats as four well. Four for four. Wow. Um, you know, I, I think at the same time, maybe the ten and a half is maybe a little bit too much. I think. Houston does have the potential, you know, the firepower to maybe keep up with with uh, Cincinnati's offense. I just like Cincinnati's defense a little bit better to get a, a few more stops than, mm-hmm. than Houston. But, you know, Cincinnati hasn't been a great second-half team. So I think Cincinnati builds kind of an early lead. Mm-hmm. They kind of, you know, maybe coast the second second half, maybe gets a little bit closer than what they, what they want it to be, but ultimately come out, come out on top. And it's hard to get momentum back once you lose it. Mm-hmm. You know, you get up big and, or – get up by a decent amount and then you let another team start to come back. It's hard to regain that momentum. Um, but you know, like I said, you know, the Cougars are more of a passing team um, and, and Cincinnati's defense is really solid against the pass. So. I think if you're a Cincinnati fan though, the only worry you have here is the distraction of everybody talking uh, Luke Fickle to Notre Dame, he, even though he's come out and said, no, no, not no, doing no, it, no, 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 right, right, people right. still won't leave it alone. It, yeah. It's, it's gotta be weighing on the players. You gotta minds, focus. Keep whether that focus. it's real or not. So yeah. it's, yeah. It's definitely a distraction. Yeah, they got to shut all that noise that's out. That's got to be the only thing that, that really worries you as a Cincinnati fan right, right. now. Absolutely. All right. Okay, then uh, 8 o'clock at night on Saturday, we got the ACC championship. Uh, number 16, Wake, coming in at 10-2 and two against number 15, Pittsburgh, at 10-2. and two. Um, This will be at uh, Bank of America's, America Stadium in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh is favored by three points. And I didn't realize this, but – their offense is rolling up over 500 yards mm-hmm. a game. Pittsburgh offense. Both, both these both, teams yeah. are coming in. I was going to say, statistically on paper, these teams are, are almost identical as well. First one to 50. A, really. a lot of these matchups in this playoff has two very statistically evenly matched right, teams. Right. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to make for some fun matchups. Uh, but to, to me, I think it comes down to the, to the quarterback play here. And mm-hmm. Pittsburgh has 
uh, Pickett, who's a, a Heisman caliber quarterback. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to make he's a big put up play. Some great, no, great numbers, and I, I think that that's going to be the difference. I think Pittsburgh wins in a close one. Yeah, Dad, I, I got Pittsburgh as well. Jeez, man, we, we got to break up the monotony. The, the, the you know going together here, but uh, I got Pittsburgh as well. You oh know, crap, because I know the next one we're all going to pick the same thing. <laughs> I know who you guys got. The uh, you know yeah. Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm going full Desmond on this next one. <laughs> we got you know Pittsburgh. You know, like I said, both these teams averaging almost 50 points a game, but Pittsburgh's defense is just slightly better than, than Wake Forest, only giving up about 20, 20-ish points a game, mm-hmm. where Wake Forest is almost 30 points a game. And every game that Wake Forest, when they have to go up against another high-powered mm-hmm. offense, they usually give up, you know, 60, 70 points. Right. So I think Pittsburgh gets enough from their defense to, to get the win here and, and, and you know, cover cover. Yeah, I, I didn't happen to look to see what the over-under was on this. got to be so I hope it's high. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's not enough, probably. Yeah, probably <laughs> not. All right, the last game of the night. The Big Ten Championship out in Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium at eight o'clock. A game that Colton and I are actually going to attend. Yes, um, we're looking uh, forward to it. Maybe I should it. change my 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 vote here because uh, you guys seem to struggle on non home games. Yeah, yeah, that's true. On, on, on the road, <laughs> we have true. not been good. Yeah, of course, our some of our Ohio State fans were ribbing us this week and asking us if we needed directions, if we knew how to get to Indy since we haven't been there. So, but uh, we'll figure it out. Me, me and Dad have been there plenty of yeah, times. So we, we go for the combine every we, year. We know where we're going. So. Right, right. so. And I'm sure Michigan knows where they're going. Right. Uh, you got, you know, a hot Michigan team, number two, 11 and one, coming in against an Iowa team that's 10 and two, that won, you know, the Big Ten West, um, that number 13. Um, I don't know. To me, you know, Vegas has given Michigan 10 and a half. I think that's probably going to be pretty right, close. About right. Mm-hmm. I, I think so too. The big, my biggest worry is, um, Michigan not having any emotional letdown. I mean, that was such a big game mm-hmm. for us. But our season's not over. All right, we still you know, got a lot to go. Always but, before, and, once the after the Iowa State game, um, Michigan had a letdown in their bowl games because our season was over after we lost. Yeah, I mean, we to we Ohio got State. demoralized in right. a lot of those Ohio State. Those just and now yeah. we just got to uh, figure out a way. Harbaugh's got to figure out a way to keep to you know to keep that emote, keep those guys on the emotional high. And I thought you know going back to that game Saturday, sorry Matt, but what we did, we played with emotion Absolutely. on Saturday, that, but we kept our emotions in check. We mm-hmm. didn't have the disciplined at the same time. Yeah, we, we were emotion- there were a few times I think the emotions went flying. Uh, it did, it did. I think you were going to see. I think see we it. got penalized <laughs> for it, but you guys kind of started some things. Yeah, it, it's always the second guy that gets caught, right? <laughs> right. It definitely is right. right. So. But, uh, you know, the quarterback from Iowa, uh, Petrus, he's, he's not had a great season mm, this year. No. I think he's going to struggle against a very solid Michigan defense. What's given Mi- Michigan's defense trouble in the past as a mobile quarterback, he's not a mobile quarterback. You know, he's a pocket passer. And, man, well, I, I, I can see Hutchison and Ojabo just licking their chops. Licking their chops on this guy because yeah. – He's not one that's going to get outside the tackle box much. Right. So, uh, I, and, and has been, you know, kind of banged up as well. So, you know, right. what can, so, can he stay in the game at the same time? So, so. if you haven't figured it out, go blue. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I'm going to picking the, picking the Wolverines here as well. I just don't think that Iowa's offense is, you know, don't get me wrong. Their defense is, you know, more than capable to, to keep them somewhat close in this, in this game, but their offense just has not been great. Yeah. You know, their defense has really set up their offense to, to play mm-hmm. well. I just don't think that they're going to get enough opportunities against a pretty disciplined Michigan offense there to, to really set up their offense, Iowa's offense, to get many opportunities. And Iowa's one of those teams that even if the run game isn't working, 
they're going to keep they're just going to keep pounding the ball because that's that's what they're that's all they do. got that's all they got so if Michigan can limit that limit that run game it's really going to set Iowa's quarterback up for you know second and longs third and longs and, mm-hmm. and and really put Michigan's defense in some really good positions to to like you said with with Hutchison and, and Ojabo to really make make an impact in in this game and I think they will they they've had you know great seasons so far this year and you know, another big game to make to make a statement here. And, you know, I like the Wolverines to win this one. Yeah, I mean, I was only averaging 26 points per game and less than 300 yards a game of total offense. Right. That's just not going to get it done in a big game like this. I think they do keep it clo- close-ish. Yeah. I, I think Michigan wins by 10 to 14 points. All right. Very good. I, I do think one thing, like Rob said, Michigan's got to not have an emotional letdown because yeah. what, what worries me is I still hear their coaches talking about the last Ohio week, State last game. Week, yes. and, and, we got to get within, focused. Within 24 hours of that game being over, your attention should have been on the Big Ten Championship, yeah, right. not right. still talking get, about Get ready for Iowa. So, yeah. Because yeah. We, didn't, we didn't play, you know, obviously we didn't play Iowa this year. Right. There was no crossover game between right. us. So we're seeing Iowa brand new for the first time. You know, there, there's no, you know, obviously there's a lot of game film and stuff like that, but there's not, you know, we don't actually have any kind of idea of, of how we match up against Iowa. Mm-hmm. You know, on paper, looks good. It but, looks good. Absolutely. But but you got to get yourself ready to go, you know, and, and, and you know, look forward to – but you at the same time can't be looking too far ahead because if we win this game, you know, that sets us up good for, for the playoff. But you can't be thinking playoff. Right. Gotta you got to take care of business. You got to take care of business right. now. So, all right, real quick, we're going to go over uh, the, the selection so far. Um, and I'll first start out by asking you guys, you know, the top four right now is Georgia – Michigan, Alabama, Alabama, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Notre Dame, OSU, top seven. Mm-hmm. Those are the only seven teams that this committee thinks <laughs> has a chance to get in. Do, do, are, those, are they ranked in the right spots right now? Did the committee get this right? Yeah, I, I think so. You know, one through four definitely, you know, is, it's, I think is, <clears throat> is correct. Um, you know, I think definitely, you know, Michigan – had a phenomenal win against against Ohio State. I think that they rightfully deserve to to jump, you know, Alabama and and, and Cincinnati both to to take that two that two spot. And you know, I think at, at this point, yeah, they're, they're they're right. But I think you know, Alabama, if if they lose, you know, as we predicted against Georgia, I don't see them staying. There's no way that they can stay. They don't in drop. There. Just I, I don't one care. Spot. Yeah. I don't care how how close the game is. Right. I, I, I you know I just. Their season, they haven't shown enough on paper. This isn't the same Alabama team that we're used to yeah. seeing that, you know, you could just justify a two-loss team. Well, and that was going to be my point. That was the only thing in the top four. I thought they could have been four because they're not playing like right, a right. top two, three team. So I, I agree. I, I Actually, I thought Cincinnati would move up to three. Right. right. I thought Alabama would drop to four. But, you know, I think that the, the committee has that top seven about where they should be. You know, there there may be some talk about maybe OSU should be ahead of Notre Dame. Right. I kind of feel that way yeah. because of strength of schedule, yeah. uh, but I, I really don't think it makes any difference unless obviously some you stuff some happens. Going. Some stuff happens above, and, and that, they can so. always correct that this week too. Right, right. right. And I think that's going to be interesting for Notre Dame because if that chaos does happen in front of them, that not playing in a conference championship could hurt them or it could help them right, because right. you know if they don't play it's it's an opportunity to not take a loss right but at the same time it's another opportunity to show to the committee somebody. you could have beat a good team you right. beat another good team another right possible rank well, they, they, they didn't you know, beat whatever. a ranked team also they didn't beat a single ranked team this season right, right. and yeah. so now when you're comparing you know oklahoma state or ohio state or you know 
Maybe, you well, know, and any the, of those teams the, out the, there. The chairman from the committee said that they will take into consideration, like in your looking at Notre Dame. Coach and um, player availability. Coach and player availability. And, and you know, Kelly <laughs> being gone, it's like he ain't available. Right. right. So he's already he's already sunning his buns in Southern California. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Louisiana. Louisiana. Or Louisiana. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. that was the other guy. Um, <laughs> so, so tell me, give me your – given how you picked your games in the championship – Matt, give me your top four after this weekend. Yeah, so after this weekend, I think it's Georgia one, Michigan two, Cincinnati three, Oklahoma State four. Then I think Notre Dame five, OSU six, Alabama seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I got to somewhat, somewhat agree, agree with that. I think yeah, Georgia stays at that one spot, Michigan stays at two, but I think flip flop maybe three, three and four. Mm-hmm. I think you know Oklahoma State going up against you know obviously Cincinnati has another ranked opponent, but I think. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State has another top ten opponent that they're playing, and depending on how that how that game goes, how both of these teams look, you know, does Cincinnati blow out their team? Does Oklahoma State, right. you know, make a statement? I think three and four could could possibly be a, a kind of a flip flop, but you know, then I like Notre Dame right there behind it. You know, OSU and, and Alabama, you know, seven, eight, somewhere somewhere in that in that mm-hmm. um, area. But uh, uh, yeah, so uh, for me, the only big change is. Oklahoma State, Cincinnati, you know, kind of flip-flopping there. I agree with Colton on that. When I think of Oklahoma State wins, uh, they move into the three and jump Cincinnati. It's kind of immaterial, I guess. Um, uh, it's you know, playing Georgia or not other than Georgia. Yeah, other than right, you get that right. matchup with Georgia. And, and Cincinnati has experience. They did play Georgia, what, last year or two years ago in, in the bowl game and yeah. kept it competitive. Kept it close, but right. obviously and, it's a totally different and animal. I, so I, I look for the committee to get uh, – I look for OSU, actually, if – Everything goes the way we think it's going to go. I look for LSU to move into the five spot over Notre Dame. Okay, I think we give. Not the, that it matters. I not guess that it, it really matters. That's just going to tick Buckeye Nation off. Right, right. right. Tick them off that much more. <laughs> but I think the committee, you know, gets it right um, because of the body of work that I think OSU did during the regular well, season. Well, I mean, if they take into consideration, like you said, that the player and coaching, you know, availability, you know, obviously, right, right. Ohio State's, so, you know, players or you know, coaches aren't going anywhere. So it's you know, it'll, so, it'll be interesting. So I guess the next question then is. If if there's one upset, we're throwing the Alabama one out. We think they lose. That's you know we're right. not really looking at that. So if there's one other upset, let's say Michigan loses or Oklahoma State loses, who gets that four spot? Wow, I don't know that. I mean, I think if I think if Michigan loses, um, <laughs> man, I don't know. That's that's a tough one. I think you got to. I think um, Oklahoma State still moves into there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cincinnati stays in. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, definitely. Somebody in the top four loses. They're definitely on the outside looking in. And, 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 and then Alabama. So, but if Michigan loses, you think, does Ohio State beat them after they just pretty much got dominated by Michigan a week ago? Right. Yeah, I don't know if it really helps Ohio State that much if, if Michigan yeah, I, I don't know. That. It could be one of those things that, you know, maybe a Big Ten team doesn't get in. I mean, right. it, it's I unfortunate. Yeah, it's I, unfortunate it, to see. But it's, I mean, it'll be every, everybody will have two losses at that point. I think they still take a Big Ten team. Yeah, right. I don't know. I mean, you're sitting in Notre Dame. They only got one loss. So it's and no coach. Yeah, no I coach. mean it'll be interesting. And no to go. strength of schedule. Right, right. right. So I don't, I don't know. A lot of a lot of stuff to determine. So, so I guess as a Buckeye, I need to root for two upsets then. Yeah, yeah. Right. I think you need. I think you need some help. So I need Alabama to lose. I need Cincinnati to lose, and I need Oklahoma State to lose to, <laughs> yeah. to, have, to have me some type of shot. Right. Yeah, I think so. So you're saying there's a chance. There's there's chance. There's a chance. <laughs> all right. Well, that's all we got for you tonight. I hope you enjoyed the show. Um, we're gonna come back at you. We think Thursday next week, uh, and uh, you know, we'll, 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 it's gonna be an exciting weekend. Hopefully, you uh, get 
chance to watch the Friday night games and the Saturday games and, uh, you know, get back with us, see how we did. Colton, uh, why don't you go ahead and sign us off? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, we appreciate you listening uh, to Fired Up with your host, Colton Cal, Chief Rob Cal, Matt Cordes. Um, we hope you enjoyed our episode this week. Um, you know, if you want to hear other topics for, for future episodes or, you know, you just got one of those burning sports questions in the back of your mind that, you want to hear us three, you know, debate it out here on the on the show or, you know, want to want to talk about, you know, feel free to reach out to us. We got a couple different social medias. Uh, you can hit us up on Instagram at uh, fired up underscore podcast, or you can look for us on Facebook if you just search for fired up comma sports podcast. And uh, as always, you can head over to our, our website, too, which is uh, fired up one dot podbean dot com to check out all of our you know past episodes and find some links and you know other important information a- a- about the show um you know so appreciate you listening guys and as always stay fired, fired up, up.